Hello again, everyone, and welcome to the Scientific Coaching Podcast. I'm your host, Lucas Perry. This is episode 37 of season two. And to join me, uh, please join me in welcoming to the program the one, the only Mr. Darren Shrewsbury Jr., my, I want to say, proud co host. Are you, are you <laughs> proud or are you just kind of doing this so I don't, uh, my feelings don't get hurt that you say, I don't want to do this anymore? <laughs> Oh, that's funny. Now that is fun to do. Sweet. I was hoping you'd say that. <laughs> <laughs> now, this is not fun to talk about, so put on your serious faces, everyone. Akeem Mesador has entered the transfer portal, and I know what you're thinking. So what? Another West Virginia player left the transfer, the transfer portal. Big whoop. We've been doing this since the bowl game. This is a big deal because I cannot recall – any time in any program where the reason or one of the reasons for a player leaving is that they don't feel safe on campus. That in itself is cause for concern. So I will ask you this. How concerned should I be? I mean, I, I can see in its own right where it could be coming from. Uh, simply because I was there for seven years and it just, but, but just from including that and then the, um, the general vitriol we see on the interwebs towards just about any player if they have one bad day, um, uh, let alone if they have multiple bad days. Um, uh, so I, I can see how it can be hostile. Now, obviously I've never personally witnessed someone <laughs> on campus going, I've, I heck, I've, I basically have never ran into a football player ever on campus, and if I have, I probably didn't recognize them. Went down bottom of the roster. Yeah, but I certainly didn't do so knowingly. Uh, and most of the time, you, I can't really think. I don't really think about what their faces look like half the time because the helmets are, are over their heads. So it makes it even harder when you see them on, uh, when you walk past somebody on campus that might be a uh, a sports player. Most of the time, now I will tell you the one giveaway basically every time uh, is they all have the same backpack. They mm. all have the same yeah. backpack uh, and they've always got those little um, um, almost like ski resort passes hanging off of them. But instead of ski resort passes, it's their name uh, and probably the sport they play. Um, so I've seen quite a few of those, uh, but half the time I don't look into who, you know, I'm not going to go like staring at someone's backpack, but point, point, to really d- dive into it is that um, I, I find I, I would be m- more likely to believe that it's the student body being, or, or even just the general fan base <laughs> in the area being uh, hateful than I would believe that it's a program like type of of unsafe right now, if that were the case, I would have hoped that someone would have already been very, very vocal about that and brought that up with the appropriate uh, people on campus to have that dealt with. Um, and I'm sure that would have been something that would have probably not been kept under wraps by a player leaving. They would have probably screamed from the high heavens, uh, like some of them tried to, but never really gave us anything of subs uh, of, of substance for whatever problems they were having with this program. Um, I will leave that 
the, that player or players unnamed because we all know who it is anyway. Um, but the one the the uh, the the one thing else that I did see this morning was that the the coaching staff entirely will will kind of thrown off by it. They didn't they didn't expect him to be they 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 didn't expect him to be gone at all. Um I think according to 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 Neil Brown there were a generally he can get the feel that a player is is wanting to leave in some way or another um for for whatever reason they want to leave but according to him at least he didn't he didn't get that feeling within the last few days before he, you know, announced his, his, his intent to leave. Um, so it, it definitely shocked him. Um, now he, I'm not going to say that he's lying about this because I know any coach would would probably say this. Uh, but, uh, he, he doesn't believe that there's any major issues in the program in terms of, you know, things that, that could, that could really be causing uh, probably you know, co- overall cultural problems, you know, for the players. Um, it, it, could that just be a, a basic coach excuse? Sure. But, you know, I'll give it the benefit of the doubt there anyway, because, you know, I still don't believe anything intentionally malicious is going on there uh, outside of the one issue, which we already nipped in the butt pretty early. Uh, so it, 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 it's, it was shocking for us. And according to Neil Brown, it was shocking to him. So that says something on that part too. Yeah. I mean, Akeem Mesut, they're already in spring football and he was in meetings up until the day before he left. Mm-hmm. So it's not like, you know, if you in spring ball, the expectation is you're going to be there in the fall unless injury or something else happens, in which case you have to leave the program. So the fact that he was in meetings, and that's what I don't get, is, yeah, they were early in spring football, but the fact still remains they'd already started spring practice, and that's really when coaching staffs kind of hit the reset button, like, okay, we're moving on to 2022. We've got the guys who were here last year. We've got the guys who enrolled in January. And we're going to give everyone a chance to see what we have and get some basic install in before we get to, to fall camp and so we can hit the ground running when it comes to August. So if you're there, the expectation is you're going to be a part of this football team going forward. And the fact that you're yeah, it would throw people like a curveball. If if it was in the middle of of you know workouts and like okay, not as big a deal. But once you once you've got to the point where you're meeting as a team on the field and you're doing this, that's when it becomes okay. There there there's something here that you know I did not see this coming. Now I'm with you. I do believe that it's not necessarily an on campus individual threat that it is more of the malicious attitude by the fan base and or some delusional part of the student body who falls in with said fan base. Uh, but even then, like it, 
granted, all programs across all sports at all levels, high school, college, semi-pro, pro, you name it, every single program and every single team has crazy fans who will lash out at you if you have one bad snap. We all know that. See the continuing vitriol towards Pat McAfee. Yes. Even uh, I, you and I were young when that happened. I was eleven. You were twelve. But like, and, and granted, younger kids really are like some of the most passionate out there because they're just getting like this. This whole thing is like mm-hmm. it's so bright and shiny. Neither of us. Ha- we both love Pat McAfee. Yeah. Absolutely. There's if there's one guy, if there's one person that that loves the the state and the city as much as he does, it's you know it's, it's not hard to find. From Plum, Pennsylvania. It's like, and you know, so you can tell the the hurt at least at one point. You know, I think he's gotten to the point where he's he's. At least he puts up a good show that he's over with. Look, but look, you know he's making millions of dollars going on WrestleMania, yeah. and he's betting, and he's got a hot wife. Yeah, he's good. Yeah, okay, he he's good. It's like, but you know, it, it is what it is. Uh, there's 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 stupid things like that. Well, well, even people who probably aren't even really old enough to understand what was going on then. And are now taking on this hate towards him, that like to put to to to, uh, to give you an example, perfect example of of how stupid this stuff is. The man went out, lived essentially every young boy's dream of going on to WrestleMania, and then he the, drank a beer with Stone Cold Steve Austin, and then proceeded to get Stone Cold stunned. On WrestleMania. Not to mention he got paid to kick balls for a living. And he got paid to kick balls for a living. I love so, how he puts that. <laughs> like, I mean, uh, like the, the man is out there living his best life. It, genuinely. You, I don't think I've seen a guy happier than Pat McAfee has been in the last couple of weeks. You especially. have never seen me next to a railroad track before. <laughs> to go with go rail fanning with me and then get back to me on that. <laughs> Okay. So he he's just so he's sharing this, you know, he's sharing his experiences, got his, you know, tweets and all that. And one of the first dang comments you see is uh he's out here do basically going, he's out here doing this, but he could have been kicking chip shots fifteen years ago. Uh tell me how the hell these things come together. How how do these things connect and why is your brain still stuck on it? <laughs> because we could have won a national championship, we could have yes. played against Ohio State, it's like, or LSU, depending. I don't remember how the polls. Looked I think it was gonna, would have been Ohio State. That sounds right. Yeah. We could have played against Ohio State, and we could have won a national championship. It's like stairs at the west of the team. Why didn't you do stuff? Did not put Pat in that position. Let's huh? also forget huh? Pat White got hurt in that game. Yeah. Let's conveniently forget that. Now, granted, Jared Brown, a perfectly capable backup quarterback, mm-hmm. but it ain't like number fives out there. Yeah. So they, they, so they all put the blame on him and forget 
they they totally neglect every other aspect of that game so much so there's there's no way there's no way that they remember every aspect of it because I barely remember every aspect of it. I didn't even get to actually physically watch that game that day. I was I was at another I was at a some kind of military event thing with with dad so he didn't even get to watch the game i was keep trying to keep up with it uh, as much as i could like through uh, probably the radio because i don't i definitely didn't have a smartphone so. yeah i was gonna say this 2007 um, no one had a smartphone yet app so, iphone had just come out so i because we were listening to it on the way to the event uh, as well so um th- you can't tell me that that they remember every fine detail, and the, except for the ones that they choose to to get angry about, and that just so happens to be poor poor Mister McAfee. I remember bits and pieces of that game. The only reason I remember that game the most is because my mom was in the hospital at that point. Uh, she, we had got back from Georgia uh, visiting my cousin down there, and she had gone into the hospital. And I had an aunt who lived in MacArthur, West Virginia, outside Beckley. And we were staying with them, my brother and I were, while dad was with mom in the hospital. And for whatever, like, my uncle was a really big football fan. He, he and I loved to talk about football. And so I'm, like, he would have watched that game. Uh, and so for whatever reason, we had to leave and go stay with a family friend in Oak Hill. And... Family friend is not a, they're not a football family. They don't care about athletics at all. And so I'm the only one in that house that gives a rat's patoot about this game. And so I basically say, Hey, can I watch this game? It's the most important game of the season, most important game in West Virginia's history. Can I watch this game? And they said, Sure. And I remember, what I remember about that game is, you know, not, the only time I've ever had this feeling in my life is, I was sleeping in their, uh, at that point, grown son, he had moved out, but they still had his bedroom uh, uh, set up and everything like that. And I was sleeping in his bed, and I just remember my mind going completely blank. Like, there wasn't even, like, when I closed my eyes, there wasn't even an image that popped up. It was just staring at a blank screen in my head. I was like, what the heck just happened? I couldn't even <clears throat> process it. That's why I remember that game. I honestly think that had I been staying with my aunt and uncle, who, you know, Janice didn't care about football, but Grover did. If Grover and I had been there, I probably would have had some memory of of uh, talking about it with Grover. But I probably wouldn't have had that like distinct memory of, oh my gosh, what the heck just happened? Like I couldn't even begin to process what it happened. It was just, it was so bizarre. That's the, what, that's what I remember, remember from that game. And I remember sitting in front of their TV and watching it. The one thing I remember that saying out is when Pitt took a safety on the last play of the game, just because they knew they couldn't get beat. They're like, we're running out of the back of the end zone. We don't care. Make it 13, nine. So what? At least it'll be ingrained in all heads. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I that's what I remember from that <clears> game. But yes, all, all fan bases have those people who were to do that, and it it it's it's a shame. But here's the thing, and and I granted, you and I are reasonable people, who yes, we enjoy athletics, but we're not crazy like that. We're crazy about them, but we're not that crazy. 
to those of you who might keyword here might don't think you're in my I don't think you're in our demographic people who who are like that listening to the show. But if by some miracle you are, stop it. Because here's the thing: you're the ones who always say, "I want the best for this program." Well, the best for this program is for you to get a grip on reality. Okay, because you're going to end up running off high quality players. Akeem Mesidor would have been an absolutely critical cog in this football team, along with Dante Stills. Guess what? Gone. Now you've only got one. You've got a young defense, a young offense trying to learn a new system. Everyone's going to double team Dante Stills, and they're just going to go, okay, fine, go through us, see if we care. You don't have anyone that can stop us. Problem. You now, granted, I'm not saying Akeem Mesidor would have completely changed the football team. I'm not saying that, but it didn't help that you took a key cog out of that defense and you put the entire defensive season on one player until someone else steps up. Now, again, mm-hmm. someone might step up in spring ball and carry that into the season. We don't know. Get back to me in October. Because they still have what's his name? Is it uh, but, Bartlett? Yes, Jared Bartlett's still here. Thank God. Yeah. So Although we said one that, that for one player, and then he left the fleet the next week. So maybe we should not maybe go we should through just shut who's, up. Who's yeah. there. <laughs> maybe we should just not talk about that. Yeah. It's like, uh, so much for next man up, I guess. <laughs> we got nobody on the roster as far as I'm aware. I, I'm just going to say it. <laughs> Program sales, the home opener, are going to be on fire. But yes, we all we all know fan bases exist like that. If you're a reasonable person, you don't like that. But that's what I think this is coming from. And even then, it, because he said on campus, it leads me to believe student body, mm-hmm. which is still bad. Yeah. But because like, look, yes, we all, well, some people there generally do not give a crap about athletics. They're only there for the education. And that's fine. I'm not. I'm not going to say you have to be a lover of athletics to the core. I'm not saying that at all. My brother doesn't like athletics, but he'll ask how WVU is doing, mm-hmm. and he'll take at least some interest in it. If no other reason, then that's my school. I, and I respect him for that. That that's fine. So. It, <sighs> You, you should at least look at these people and go, that kid, that guy is the same age as me, going to the same school, doing the same thing I am. Only thing different is he's playing football. That enough, that alone should be enough to make you go, you know what? I'm not going to be a jerk to this guy. <laughs> yep. Apparently it isn't, though. I mean, this. There's so many other things that go on wrong on that on not just this not just that campus but any campus that you know how how a football team performs shouldn't factor into your continued anger. Yes, I'll be disappointed for a day, and then I'll be disappointed for a day next week, (laughs) and then I'll be disappointed for a day the following week. But I will not let that drag into the rest of my week so much so that I start screaming at players or or, or, or uh, verbally assaulting them on Twitter. We, I, I, we, let it, we let it drag on, but we start yelling at each other after losses. Yeah. 
That's what we do. Yeah, we 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 express our disgust, but amongst us, and that's about it. Because into microphones that we put out to you. Yeah. Because <laughs> in the end, that's everyone's human, and a mistake will be made inevitably. And, and, and here's the thing. Let's also remind us: these are college students. They go to class. They have relationships. They have exams, they have homework, and you're asking them to fly out halfway across the country to freaking Lubbock, Texas, for crying out loud. And you know, it's just like the professionalization of college sports and the transfer portal basically being free agency has completely, and this was already a problem before the transfer portal. I'm not saying the transfer portal created this, but. That we forget these people are they're 18 to 21 year olds mm-hmm. maybe 22 if you get someone who just the birthday falls in the right year mm-hmm. and they have you know we've all been in love at a young age right we all know how that goes we all know how it was to go to class and have to all the, all that stuff to do but we didn't have to go play football and it and, and the division one program, that's basically a full-time job to go do that on top of going to school. Mm-hmm. Remember that occasionally when you're doing that. Like if you're if you're neck deep in a 10-page paper, remember there's some football player or some athlete doing that same paper that has a game of practice this week. Remember that. It goes a long way to remembering what these students are, that, to giving a perspective on what these people are doing when you're watching them. Mm-hmm. And that goes for not, not just college students, but to anyone watching college athletics at any level. Remember that these are student athletes. Even if you believe that these students don't go to class and they are only posting fake uh, GPAs, even if you believe that, which you're wrong, but let's say you do believe that, show us, show us mission of humility every now and again. That might work out for you. Instead yep. of instead of trying to make this WVU team seem like they're the Dallas Cowboys, that their entire job is to play football, it's not. They're aiming for that. Some of them are, but for some of them, they're just trying to go get to play football and get education while they're there. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And that's that's all there is to say. Mm-hmm. There was a lot, but that's all there is. Yes. <laughs> Now, on to something else we got a lot to say about. Bob Huggins is finally a Hall of Famer. Finally. Yes, and might I remind you, Bill Self has 157 fewer wins, 153 fewer wins, two national championships, yes, but 153 fewer wins, and it's been a Hall of Famer for five years. What the hell? <laughs> I one of my one of my friends, sh- uh, you know, shared the news as well, and one of his, you know, friends basically ended up giving the the comment of, sure, he's got a lot of wins, but where's the nat- where's the natties? He, he can't be a Hall of Famer without the natties, and uh, I I don't even have to look at the the list to know that that's not true, um, but the friend. Uh, uh, casually responded, yeah, but these guys are doing, these coaches are doing that, all of these wins, 
all of these natties with five-star recruits and consistent NBA draft drafty uh draftees, I guess is the word. Bob Huggins is out here doing it with three-star players and JUCO transfers. You tell me which one's more impressive. Not to mention the fact that he is now with Coach K gone, the second winningest active head coach in the country. Mm-hmm. If he coaches longer than Jim Beheim, he will be the 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 winningest head coach active in the country. I don't care. How, now, granted, that means two things. One, you've won. Two, you're old. Yes, <laughs> it does mean that. But still, second active winningest coach in the country. Mm-hmm. No other head coach in the Big 12 Conference has as many wins as he does. He is the king of wins in the Big 12. Yes, Bill Self has national championships, but he's not won as many games as Huggins has. Mm-hmm. And Huggins has done it at more places than Bill Self has. So let's this now granted this also means one to rail against Kansas because I really don't like the fact that they won the national championship. But it's still it's, it's a great comparison because everyone loves Bill Self, unless you're a Kansas rival or have a soul. <laughs> Uh, but just uh, Grant is th- this should tell you how much Huggins is deserving of this. That a people kept saying for years, why is he not in? Mm-hmm. And then when the when the when he finally does become, it's not I'm happy for you. It's it's about damn time. Yeah, is the first reaction everyone has. Exactly. It's not oh, that's a great honor. It's it took you this long? Mm-hmm. It, the one thing, I can't remember who it was that said it. I know it wasn't me, but I can't remember who it was. But they basically, it was the, the comment was, and you, you wait until this season, this uh, uh, comparatively atrocious season, when you could have done it last season. <laughs> That's what my dad said, too. And I was like, yeah, the last year team could have gone to the Elite Eight if they had, you know, Half if they didn't lose to Syracuse, mm-hmm. and you know this year's team, we was sweating out to get to the NIT. Yep. <sighs> so he's in now, though, and that's what matters. It was yeah. so weird seeing him in a suit at the final <laughs> four when they introduced him to the whole thing in class. I'm like, uh, did he's like, okay? <laughs> so you did TV for the first weekend of this tournament and what WVU pullover on both days, but you wore a suit for this. <laughs> He's like, listen here, this is a once-in-a-lifetime thing. This is a once-in-a-lifetime suit whale. <laughs> Mason didn't do an all-gold suit. <laughs> the one time they, he did, they lost, and he's like, I'm never doing that again. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Nope, it really is. It's, it's about damn time. And uh, let's hopefully get ourselves uh, uh, some more March Madness wins. Let's start with Big 12 wins, then we'll go from there. Hey, you know what? Go for March Madness. <laughs> <laughs> Just be, as long as Kansas doesn't team. win it, I'm fine. <laughs> yep. this, this is what shocked me. This genuinely shocked me. That Kansas, up until... Uh, up until... Um, Monday... Had a three and six record in national championship games. Wow. Bill Self is the first Kansas head coach to win two national championships at the school. Huh. 
this is the this is the same program that is what is now the winningest all time in college basketball past Kentucky this year, and will not hesitate to remind you that they had the man who invented the sport, Doctor Naismith, as a head coach, and they only have one coach who's won multiple national championships. Mm-hmm. This the weirdness of that entire point is it just it can't be understated. <laughs> Uh, uh, sports history is weird, man. <laughs> You're telling me. <laughs> You're telling me. And let's just let's just throw this just to add to that point. Slight, well, add a little bit more to the the wonders of it all. Um, that's that was the fourth Kansas Kansas uh, this season was the fourth Big Twelve team in a row to make it to the. Final four or beyond. The third straight to make it to the Natty and the second straight to win. That's right. Big yeah. Big Twelves Big Twelves a good dang conference. <laughs> right. I mean it, it, here's the thing. Yes, the Big Twelve football does not have that program since Oklahoma that like they don't have anyone at Chicago Oklahoma that will beat up on everyone else. But the Big Twelve football conference as a whole. Everyone beats up on each other, and it's really fun to watch because you have no idea what's going to happen week in and week out. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, it's fun. It's going to be more fun when LU and Texas get the hell out. <laughs> but, you know, it, it, it's fun now. The Big 12 basketball team, uh, conference in the men's side, at least, I, I, I know I, I, I know Baylor's great at women's basketball. I don't watch a ton of women's basketball, so I'm not going to try to speak something I don't know about. But the Big 12 men's basketball, it's, it's, it's again, it's a bloodbath. Mm-hmm. Big 12 baseball, bloodbath. It's fun. Get off that pedestal of you have to have two teams that are head and shoulders above everyone else, and everyone else is fighting out for third. No. Have every team be good. Because every now and again, a good team becomes great. Yep. But if I have a bunch of great teams and a bunch of bad teams, and then my middle is just filled with, eh, I don't care. I want there to be drama from one to however deep my conference goes, 10, 12, 14, whatever. I want there to be, I want there to be a reason to watch every game and care about every game instead of going, well, we'll we'll see what happens. There could be some good teams this year. We don't really know. We'll get, Get back to me in October. Mm-hmm. And speaking of the Big 12 Conference, Bob Bowlesby will be retiring as Big 12 Commissioner in, uh, later on in the year. He took over in 2012. I believe it's been a decade that we've been in the Big 12. Yeah. He's, the only, uh, he's the only commissioner we've ever, we've ever known. Yep. And he left. Isn't it kind of fitting? He, he came in uh, to Texas uh, and Texas A&M and Missouri leaving after Colorado and Nebraska had left. And it's like, hey, TCU West Virginia, come on in. And then it's like, hey, uh, Texas and like, hey, uh, we, we, we're kind of leaving. Bye. <laughs> hey, Cincinnati, BYU, UCF for some unknown reason. Houston, come on in. He, he begins his tenure and ends his tenure. 
the conference realignment, <laughs> which proves the more things change and when they say the same. Yep, <laughs> absolutely. <sighs> Speaking of more things change when they say the same, we're continuing our discussion about West Virginia position groups, and we now do the offensive line. Now, I don't know that any one of us has an offensive line depth chart sitting in front of us, but let's just talk about how important the offensive line is in general and how important it is with a pass-happy offensive coordinator. Yeah. I mean, last year, last year's offensive line, without there was zero sugarcoating here. Um, I've seen prettier things come out of a dog's butt. <laughs> I, have, I, have, I have seen prettier things taking my dogs out to potty. Um, it was it was horrible. It was absolutely horrible, and it was it, it continued on all season. You watch the first five minutes of the the bowl game, and that carried on. It was nothing but. Swiss cheese and pancake guys getting pancaked, and by that I mean sacked, smashed, flat ironed, grilled up, and served on a bun. That that's what Daigie was. Who serves pancakes on on a bun? That's carbo loading. You know, (laughs) pancakes on pancakes as the bun. Um, Okay, there we go. There we go. There we go. Yeah. Then served the burger, pancakes. On, on, yeah, there we go. Oh, that sounds good now. Mm. Um, but, but yeah, Daigie got smashed repeti- repetitively. Um, and it didn't help the run game either. So the only, the only phrase you got here is they need to get better. A lot better. And that, that's all that can be said because it was horrible. What does better? I mean, obviously, we don't want our quarterback getting smashed. Whoever the hell the quarterback is, yeah. But but with the new offense, with Graham Harrell coming in as offensive coordinator, can we really definitively say what is better? I'll, or, I'll, or is it just going to be a well? This is twenty twenty two, and that is twenty twenty one. Really, I mean, obviously, you could you could just be like, oh, he got sacked last there for a battle, but. Um, which, you know, that's really the first metric. Don't, don't get sacked as much. Don't let him get sacked as much. But, uh, I think the biggest point, the biggest thing is even just a half second more time in the pocket is is enough. Just a half second more. And that's a start, um, for, for the quarterback to one, recognize what the hell is going on. And two, Maybe get a quick pass out to his outlet man. And all of a sudden, you're not looking at being in second and 14. You're looking at being in third and five. Mm-hmm. And it changes the way you call the offense. Yep. And we don't have to, you know, you can win a draw play. You don't have to have your quarterback back there again try not to get killed. Exactly. And, uh, and hopefully by by extension a slight improvement in the run game because yes. the run, I mean, the offense in general wasn't very good last year. I mean, the whole team wasn't that great, but the offense was particularly bad. 
uh, for whatever reasons. And Letty Brown had to carry it as much as he could. And even then, he didn't get much chance to do that. And even then, yeah, exactly. Which still confuses me. Mm-hmm. <sighs> College football, man. College football. Let's move on to the pros. And we'll do the same thing for the Patriots. We'll look at we'll look at the Patriots offensive line. So here's the Patriots depth chart. They're going from left to right here. Left tackle is Isaiah Wynn. Uh, left guard is Mike Unwenu. Center is David Andrews. Uh, Mike Unwenu is actually listed as both the left and right guard. <laughs> Again, this is the Patriots. Don't really don't ever look into this. Yeah, yeah, they shift them around a lot anyway, so it wouldn't surprise me. Mike uh, Trent Brown is also as listed as the right tackle. In uh, the backup role is Justin Herrera, left tackle. James Ferentz <clears throat> is the backup left guard and center. Drew Desjer. Yeah, I have no idea. I will have to Des- look at Yali- the position guide for that. Maybe Deslorius. That's uh, good enough. He's the uh, <laughs> backup right guard. And Wendu is the backup right tackle. The backup left tackle is Johnny Kajust. And we hope he moves up the depth chart at some point because if he doesn't, he's going to get cut. Mm-hmm. Uh, or And backup right guard, right tackle is Yasir Durvant. So with that group, knowing you do the guys from the offensive line uh, from last year, what do you think? Uh, the, the, starter, the starting thing there is, is keeping Trent Brown. Um, that that'll be a big help, um, and of course, you know David Andrews being not only an extremely effective lineman but a a massive leader, in, both physically and uh, both literally and figuratively, a massive leader um, in the locker room. That that right there is is the key is the key thing, um, but. We know Isaiah Wynn can be effective, and we know Onwenu had had some some uh, breakout games last season. So we know that the, the these linemen are capable. We, we know in the right configuration these linemen are capable, and we saw that in their their win streak over the season. Um, we subsequently saw it break down a few times, but we know that it we know what it can be. So I think if they can, or if they're just able to, to get one more piece in there, I think they'll be they'll be good to go. I, it's it's a solid O line, but it can definitely improve. Um, but I don't I don't think they're in a poor position. I don't either. I, I for one, they need someone else to change the depth chart because we can't have anyone who's playing two spots. Mm-hmm. So that's that's number one. We do have James. Well, of course, the one I have popped up, which is on ESPN. I don't know which one you have. Has James Ferentz as the starting right guard? I was on the official website. Uh, okay. I was looking at the unof- the uh, unofficial depth chart. So that's where I usually go. I don't usually use ESPN uh, if I'm on my computer. Like for this, I used to go for the uh, unofficial depth chart. But yes, I agree. It, it it's it's a good starting group. I like I'm curious to see what because it almost has to be a draft guy, right? Like we're we're past when a free agent become available unless someone makes a surprise trade and has to cut someone. Mm-hmm. So it's gonna be okay. You're grabbing someone in the draft. Question is when and where. 
and I guess for that matter, who. Yep. But it's still, it's it, it's gonna be interesting because you've got James Ferentz, uh predominantly a center. Uh, so we, we kind of think he'll be there. So it kind of leads you to believe they're gonna have a Wender playing one of the guard spots, and then try to fill in the other guard where they can, or mm-hmm. uh, eliminate or move up someone on the on the depth chart. It's gonna be interesting, interesting to see how that works. They're not afraid to move offensive linemen around, but you don't want to do that a whole lot. So you kind of you can get a, a solid five or a solid ten, really great. And here's the thing: because you have a good running game, run run blocking is one of the easier things to teach a offense a young offensive lineman to do. Because all you do is just see the guy in front of you, put his rear end on the ground. Yep. That's run blocking. Pass blocking is a little bit more complex, a little more technical. Because they have a good running game, you're going to be able to, I think, you're going to have to run the ball a lot more this year, at least early in the year, to get the new offensive system, whatever changes are made into everything. That will help the offensive line grow. With the new, with whoever comes in as new as a new guy, it just, I think that will help. I agree. Now you know what will also help, right? Mm-hmm. Devontae Parker, if he stays yes. healthy. Yep, that's the that's the big thing. If he stays healthy, because we know what he can do when healthy. Mm-hmm. We, he torched uh, us a few times. Uh huh. And he, uh, Mr. Stefan Gilmore, is, was a uh, victim of that one. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we know what he can do, and and according to a few things I've seen, I had seen he he wanted to be like Parker wanted to land here. Mm-hmm. He loves seeing that. So, I'd much rather someone want to be here. Yeah, absolutely. So if there if there's if there's one if there's one team he they can get him back to stardom, it's 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 New England. Then again, this is also the Patriots. Injury problems have shown up. <laughs> we, we know how that is going. Yep. So let's let's just hope he he stays healthy. Mm-hmm. Now let's talk about the forty chess Belichick play. <laughs> yes, Belichick played. He straight up forty chess the Miami Dolphins and, and the NFL for that guy. Mm-hmm. It was. Let's, let's see. They got. They they gave next year's third round pick. They received Parker and a this and a fifth rounder this year. Yes, and so that's where the four D chess comes in. That's the three D chess. It's like, oh yes. yeah, yeah, yes. Um, so then, you add an additional dimension here, in that they're almost certainly getting that third round pick back as a compensation for for losing JC Jackson. It makes they got Devontae Parker for free, and they picked up a third, and they picked up a third, uh, fifth round pick anyway. Mm-hmm. Which either they use, or they use as trade as as trade bait to go get something else. Mm-hmm. And you know, you know, Belichick likes to trade away those picks. <laughs> Granted, most trade out in the first round he doesn't like trading my fifth round picks, but he can. Mm-hmm. So, so, again, to those people who say Belichick is washed up. Who who else would have actually made this deal? Besides, I was running the Dolphins. 
Not only that, but he did it in the division. Yeah. He literally made it. He made it look to the division rival and went, hey, you have a receiver you don't need. I'll give you a third round pick, but I want to pick back. Okay. <laughs> hey, can we go ask the Jets for their first round pick for nothing? <laughs> they probably do it too. Yep. Bill, Bill Belichick, man, I'm telling you, executive of the year. He should have been last year. <laughs> we how he built the football team. Well, let's also see how he built the football team this year and then get back to me because that defense needs a lot of work. Mm-hmm. If we're going to go up against Tyreek Hill twice, twice a yep. year. Adding Jabril Peppers helped a little bit. Mm-hmm. I love that move. I was I, I was a big fan of his coming out of Michigan, but I love that move. He 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 fits. He, he's he's a patriot. Mm-hmm. He's someone I wanted to be a patriot when he came out of Michigan. I was like, you know what? We got Brady still at this point. He's a Michigan man. Let's add another Wolverine here. Yes, so did you know Michigan has no mascot? No, I didn't. Michigan's mascot is the M. That's weird. Officially. <laughs> the beauty of uh, the Solid and Verbal podcast TikTok. <laughs> All they do is just promote the podcast and like every day post a weird college football fact. And one of them is that Michigan has no mascot. You never trust a team with no mascot. They also hired Jim Harbaugh. So what do they know? <laughs> <laughs> and then they broke him back after they went to the NFL. Like, yeah, the Vikings turned me down. Hey, that's no. Hey, come on in, boy. Let's go. <laughs> <sighs> All right. <clears throat> so, another trade to talk about while we are here is the Saints. I feel like got fleece. By the uh, by, the Philadelphia Eagles, and let's review this trade here. Okay, let, let let's go. Let's go. This. Let's see what we can come up with here. The Saints received two 2022 first round picks and a sixth round pick, while the Eagles get a first round pick. Uh, in this year, a first round pick next year, a second round pick in 2024, <clears throat> a 2022 third rounder, and seventh round selection this year. So a lot of movement on the draft board. But the Eagles have two high end picks in addition to their own next year. Mm-hmm. I, for the same scene that was in salary cap hell. At, at some point, and somehow managed to get themselves out of it. Apparently, mm-hmm. and you, you've got Jameis Winston as your quarterback. And I don't mean to come off as being anti-Jameis because I don't. I'm not his biggest fan, but I'm not going to stand up here and say he's absolutely garbage. But there's a chance that you feel that you know what this isn't working out. We need to move on. You either have to go find a Dak Prescott or a Tom Brady because you have no first round or second round pick next year. Mm-hmm. That to me is where the Saints got fleeced. You potentially mortgage the future for what? 
Yeah, it 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 had to have been. It just seems more like of a move that had to occur rather than a move that they just wanted to. Because I, I just I really don't see where what they stand to gain out of it other than some some potential uh, 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 less amount of money that they have to pay a pick that they get right because you know later the pick the less the, the less money. But even then, I don't think that's that's significant enough to really even have that as a good enough argument for why it happened. Right. The Saints actually have worked themselves down to where they have $19 million in cap space now. They are now the fifth highest cap space in the NFL. Wow. Behind the Panthers, Texans, Colts, and Browns. The Patriots, meanwhile, are... Twenty thousand and sixty dollars over the cap. <laughs> I think they can work that out. Mm-hmm. The Bills are one point four million over the cap. They're the only two teams in the NFL. The Patriots and Bills are actually over the salary cap. And I'm sure they'll just get a quick restructure out of somebody and be like, "All right, there we go." Mm-hmm. That's exactly how it's so going to be. Let me let me let me shove about you know five hundred thousand dollars on like two years from now or something. Yeah. Hey, here's a nice <laughs> uh, roster bonus. How about it? <laughs> I mean, just that. I remember when I saw this, and I'm like, mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I've, I, I don't know. Yeah, I tried looking into it, and I still can't really figure it out. <laughs> The article on ESPN says other trade value charts grade the deal a little closer. Regardless, the Saints clearly paid a premium to get next year's first round pick into the building a year early, as GM uh, Mickey Loomis has described similar trades in the past. This also helps the Saints add talent without ha- having to use precious salary cap space in free agency. The Saints have made it clear they don't plan to rebuild under new coach Dennis Allen, and they showed a willingness to spend big and making a quarterback move for Deshaun Watson. However, the Saints have mostly shown restraint with minimal freights designed after starting the season about se- offseason about $75 million over the cap. So basically what this was, was them trying to just get that next year pick, like, okay, let's go, let's add more talent. Which, again, true, but I just I have a problem with it. Because I don't, I don't like limiting yourself. Now, now there's a chance that they get in, like they lose free agents from salary cap issues, and they get picks back. Compensatory, it's not even a big deal. Mm-hmm. But we don't know that yet. <clears throat> I, I wouldn't place all my chips on that. Yeah. All right. There being nothing else to discuss, I believe we're done. Because I don't think we have anything else, unless you have anything you want to add. I don't think I've got anything uh, other than to briefly mention that the Commanders are still a crap show, and that's yes developed even more. That's about it. My dad and I were talking about their stadium the other day, and I was talking about how the uh, when they were playing the Eagles in the last week of the season, the the railing caved in, and like no one seemed to bat an eye <laughs> except Jalen Hurts. Yeah. It's like well, well, there's the there's that, and then there's the development, right? That that um, that uh, Snyder has allegedly been keeping two separate 
books. Yes. Uh, uh, in order to lie about how much they're making and to somehow, I don't know how this would work, but somehow avoid paying the their share of the money to uh, ticket sales to the away teams. Now, this is all alleged, of course. So, but, uh, okay. Yeah. So, but, but, let, let's, let's talk about that for a second. If you're looking to keep money <laughs> and you know you got a stadium that's quite literally falling apart, Yep, and you don't invest the invest the extra monies you get into said stadium. <laughs> what on earth are you doing, man? That's what Pat McAfee and Co. were trying to figure out this morning. <laughs> they couldn't figure it out. <laughs> he had like five dudes in there going, "Why? How? How did you? How did you? Like, really? It comes down to how do you think that." making less money means that you're still not going to have to pay the away team. They'll share the tickets. <laughs> I don't know <laughs> if that's, if that's it, of course it, the case, you know what it is. It's we don't sell out anymore. And I'm not about to lose out on money just because your team came to support uh, fans came to support your team and mine didn't. I'm taking the money, man. <laughs> So what, Patriots? Just love help this place. Robert Kraft, you sell out your place every. You got like a thirty-year wait on your seat to take the list. I don't got that. <laughs> I'm taking your money. Yep, but that that's about it. That's that's about else. All else, it's worth mentioning. Actually, there's one more thing. Going back to that Eagles uh, Saints deal, there were some who believed that the Eagles positioned themselves to take a quarterback next year in the draft. I basically I believing that Jalen Hurts has one year to prove himself. I do remember that, uh, and I have a problem with it. I, I would, ha- I would, I would agree. Like my first thought is, listen, Jalen Hurts has barely had time to develop there. So how the heck are we going to start going trying to replace the man? Because it's not like I don't. I personally don't think he's been doing horribly. You I made the playoffs doing- in his rookie year. Yeah. Or the team that wasn't even supposed to make the playoffs in this rookie year. <laughs> like, you've got to where you want to be. Mm-hmm. Why is it that if they go eight and seven, no, no, nine and eight, there we go. I was playing too few games. <laughs> if they go nine and eight this year and they miss the playoffs because the NFC apparently would be good. Although I don't believe the NFC will be all that good this year. But again, take back with me in October. Uh, and they missed the playoffs for like a game. It's we gotta trade Jalen. He's an awful court. We have to get rid of him. I don't care how we do, we have to <clears throat> why is it that we have placed so again, this goes back to a conversation <clears throat> I had we had earlier that I struggled to get out of my mouth at that point. And I'm only gonna struggle to get out of my mouth this time. Understand that it's okay to be comfortable with what you have. Don't always have to go looking at the new shiny thing. Jalen mm-hmm. Hurts will be entering his second year in the NFL this year, his third year next year. At least give him his rookie contract. Yeah, I mean, my my God, if this is the Eagles positioning themselves to pay a quarterback in the twenty twenty three draft, why? Why even bother with Jalen Hurts? <clears throat> if you're going to do that, 
just you would have been better off keeping Carson Wentz. Yeah. Like, you're gonna move on. You're gonna have a placeholder at quarterback. Jalen Hurts has proven himself to be a competent professional athlete. <clears throat> and your division is garbage. Yeah. You have the Washington Commanders twice a year, the New York Giants twice a year, and the Dallas Cowboys twice a year. You're in the division that along with the NFC South until Tom Brady showed up. Hadn't had a repeat winner in years. Mm-hmm. Like, wh- why? I don't understand. I truly do not. Now, there's a lot of moves I don't get, but this one's one of those where it's like, what, what level of chess do you think you're playing at? Because I guarantee you it's not 4D. Hell, it ain't even 2D. <laughs> you're playing negative D chess. <laughs> yeah. I, I I don't know. I really, truly do not know. I just... I understand there is an obligation to improve your football team at every chance you get. I get it. But at some point, you have to go, <clears throat> you know what? We'll ride it out with this kid. Okay? Now, if he comes up on his rookie contract being over and it comes time for an extension that you don't think that's the best option, that's a different story. But to look at potentially replacing him when he would only be halfway through said deal, I'm sorry, but that's just wrong. Now, granted, the NFL front offices have completely lost their sense of morality. They don't care. But it's still wrong. And if it's me in that locker room, I'm going, what the hell do you think you're trying to pull? That's, I'm going to quote T.O. here, that's my quarterback. You know, it's like, why? Everyone knows they're expendable, but my God. It's it's a crap show. But we watch it every time it comes up. Mm-hmm. And we'll and like idiots we'll parade ourselves saying we're frustrated with the NFL. We wish they change it. And then as soon as we hear a theme song for so we for never we recognize, we'll plop ourselves in front of the TV, just like we do every fall. Just so <sighs> okay. Now we're done. <laughs> This has been Season 2, Episode 37, the Scientific Coaching Podcast. Darren, take us home. Adios, everybody.